Are you guys happy to be here this morning? Yes. We are um, in the middle of a series. We do this every year. In the beginning of the year, we do a soap challenge where we get uh, all of our families on the same, on the same page and uh, put incentives out there for our kids to start soaping every, every day. And uh, I know it's kind of like bribing, and a lot of people say, you shouldn't pay, you shouldn't pay your kids to, to spend time in the Word, and they should just do it because they love it. But um, I don't know, my kids really like getting paid for doing their soaps. And, uh, and this is the first week that I, I haven't heard this for a while for my kids, but this, this past week, um, Asen, my youngest, he was like, Dad, are we going to do soaps today? Are we going to do soaps at 8.30? And I said, wow, you want to do soaps? He's like, yeah, I want to get a dollar. <laughs> so we're training them. And we're not going to pay them forever. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. If, if this works as far as getting my kids to soap every day, I'll just start paying them a dollar even when the church finishes the soap challenge. And I'll just keep paying them because I know if they keep getting in the word, that it's going to provide a solid foundation for the rest of their life. So, so why not? I mean, I pay them to like fix their bed. Why not read the Bible, right? It's some, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, we're in the middle of a soap challenge. If you're here for the first time, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible. And uh, welcome to all those who are online. Um, this series is called Wisdom, and we're jumping into the book of Proverbs. Um, how many of you know who wrote the book of Proverbs? What was the name of the name of the person? Solomon. So Solomon was the wisest king who ever lived. And uh, it, the book of Proverbs is a gift. It's a gift from God to all of us who need more wisdom. How many need more wisdom in life? I think every one of us need more wisdom. And what a gift that the wisest person that was ever created, even more wise than Elon Musk, that he wrote a book for us to, to learn about God. And this book is Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in the book, perfect for 31 uh, days in a month. And so we can read it and ask for wisdom. One of the things that's very, very important as we read it, it's not just for natural wisdom, although there's a lot of natural wisdom there, but in reading the Bible, we actually uh, come to know Christ more because Christ is the Word and the Word made flesh. And so every time that I'm reading, I, I'm saying, God, help me not to just get knowledge, but help me to understand who you are. Um, one of the sad things about this book is that the end of the, the life of Solomon, it said that his heart was turned away from the Lord. And one of the things that he did that was, that was um, how many of you know that Solomon had many, many wives? Hundreds of wives, thousands of concubines. It's a lot. I can't even handle one. And he had thousands. I'm not, not, I mean, I love the wife that I have. And she's not here. She's visiting her, parent, uh, her mom on Oahu. So I can say whatever I want. But um, it was custom in that day that, that and it was a prophecy over, or, over King Solomon's life that he was going to be a king of peace, that the land would rest from war, and he was going to build the temple of God. So he knew that his des destiny was to be a king of peace, and it was custom in that day that if a king was to make peace with another nation— that they would take the daughter of the king and marry the daughter of the king. And it was like a treaty between two nations because you're not supposed to fight with your in-laws. 
but you know, that doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, he ended up, it, it wasn't just because he had a lust problem. He was doing what was customary in that day to, to create peace between nations. But God specifically said to the kings of Israel, thou shalt not multiply wives, multiple, multiply gold, or multiply chariots. And he took what was the word of the Lord, which was you're going to be a man of peace, and he mixed it with what was custom of that day, which was creating peace through intermarriage between nations. And it said that the end of his life, that because he had so many wives, his wives turned his heart away from the Lord. And so it's really important that, that we hear the full word of God, even though we know what, how many of you know what God wants for your life, that you have an idea of the destiny that God has for you. It's important that even though we know what God wants, that we know how God wants us to do it. And that comes through reading the word. Um, when we read the word of God, it's not just books on this page, but something happens where his spirit communicates to us and begins to give us the details of how to do what we know we were created for. Amen? And so when we get our kids and help our kids start getting in the word, in the beginning, it's going to seem like they're not getting anything out of this, but they are. They're learning to hear the Spirit of God through the words on the page, and it's, it's worth getting our kids involved. Amen? So the church wants to, to get us all on the right page as we enter this new year. Um, this first message on this wisdom series on the book of Proverbs is like one of my favorite scriptures, and we're going to jump into it this morning. It's Proverbs 4.23, if we could all... Read this together, and then I'll open up in a word of prayer, and we'll jump right in. Uh, let's read this together at the count of three. One, two, three. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In the King James, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows every issue of your life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you've given us your word. It's such a, a gift from you that we can learn to, to not just read the words on, in, in the Bible, but God, that as we read it, that we hear your voice specifically to us and what you have for our lives. God, I pray that you would speak this morning uh, through your word and speak to our hearts, change and transform our hearts, give us the desire uh, to do your will and to, to live the purpose that you've called us to live. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said... Amen. We're going to jump into this thing called soaping. Um, for those of you that are watching online or might not know what soaping is, um, we're going to go through it. And then Brayton, uh, one of the kids in our group, he's going to read his soap for us this morning. So S is for scripture. So when we, we soap, we put it in a journal. There's free journals out there you can take. Um, and it helps keep track of what God is saying to us in our lives. But S is for scripture. So right now as a church, we're reading through Proverbs. We're reading a proverb a day. So today is Proverbs 6. I mean, today is the 6th of February. So we're reading Proverbs 6. And we write down a scripture that sticks out to us. After we write a scripture that sticks out to us, O is observation. So what is it that we observe out of this scripture? And we write the observation. And then we prayerfully ask God, what, how can I uh, live this scripture out? So A is application. So we write out how uh, this scripture will affect our lives. And then P finally is 
prayer. prayer. So uh, we're going to have Brayton come. Brayton, will you, could you guys give a hand for, for Brayton? How many of you have, uh, how many of you have seen the movie Jerry Maguire? And then there was that little kid that said, the human brain weighs eight pounds. You know, he's really, this, this kid is super smart. Yeah, you're like the smartest in your family, right? Yeah. How old will you be when you're smarter than your mom and dad? Never. No, no. That's a, what about your sister? How smart are you going to be? How old are you going to be when you're smarter than, than Brie? 22. 22. <laughs> so he is, he is, he's one of the smartest kids. I, even my, my daughter, uh, she said, Brayton, because she taught him piano, she said, he's the smartest kid I've ever talked to, and he's scary smart. So anyway, are you ready to read your, uh, your soap for us this morning? Yeah? Okay. Um, so I'm going to hold the mic for you, and then, or you want to hold the mic. I held the mic the last time. You hold the mic this time. Okay. We love because, oh, wait. First John 19. Oh. First John 4.19, scripture. We love because he first loved us. Observation. We love Jesus because he first loved us before we were born. <laughs> Application. I should love Jesus because he loved me before I was born. Pray. Dear God, help me to love you and praise you more. I was telling uh, Matt and Chris that they they better uh, they better take care of this one because he's so smart. If he goes the wrong way, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> um, we're going to jump into Proverbs uh, this morning, four twenty three all the way through twenty seven. The scripture says, "Above all else, guard your heart," and then the rest of the scriptures that teaches us how to do that. Um, one of the things, and I've uh, I was telling the, the, previous, the previous service that my uncle was here. And my uncle, when he was in high school, he stole an ambulance on this island. And uh, he took it joyriding around the island. Um, you know, back then, anybody could do whatever they wanted because, you know, Maui was just like Maui. And everybody knew everybody else. And, and you couldn't, I mean, people that knew my uncle, they couldn't throw him in jail because they knew my grandpa. And, you know, everybody was like really close. So... As the, the generations uh, have gone down, the amount of bad things also has gone down, and we're getting better. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to do donuts with the car. The first thing that I did when I got my license was take the car down to Kahului Harbor and do donuts in the Kahului uh, Harbor. Uh, How many of you have done that? Ah, Niles has done it, and I'm sure. Uh, oh, Zach has done it. Lee has done it. That was like one of the things. I mean, everybody did that. We went go to Kali Harbor, do donuts with your friends, and then like, you know, press on the gas, and then everybody slides and hits one side of the the the, the door, and then do the other, and everyone slides the other way. Uh, the problem was after you did that, the alignment of your car is all screwed up, and so when you're driving 30 miles to 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 Malaya, like the the steering wheel will start shaking, right, and. You, I, I, I was telling the story in, in the first service, and my dad and my mom were sitting back there, and I could tell they're like, you did what with our car? 
Caden, don't get any ideas. So, so now the next generation, like they're, you know, a little bit more tame than our generation, which was a little bit more tame than my uncle's generation. And now Caden guys, they have Xbox. And so you guys can do all the donuts you want at Super Mario Brothers and, you know, do whatever you want, but don't do it in real life or you're going to get grounded. Um, So alignment. So it throws the alignment of your car off. And when you're driving, when you try to drive, the car starts veering off the road if you take your hands off the wheel. And you can, you know, constantly make adjustments. But the best thing is to just take it to a dealer and get the wheels aligned again. The same thing is uh, true of our hearts. A lot of times our hearts are misaligned. And so we desire the wrong things. We know what we should do. We know where we're supposed to go, but we find ourselves drifting off the road. And we can willpower it to pull ourselves back on. But at some point, when we are tired or we're like not feeling it or don't have energy, it's so easy to drift off the road if our heart is not in alignment. So how many of you would want to have a heart that's aligned with the will of God? And that in, when you take your hand off the wheel, it just keeps going in the same direction because your heart is right. So one of the things, uh, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, and then it tells us how to have a heart that's aligned. So number one, keep your mouth. Everyone say, keep your mouth. Number two, fix your gaze. Everyone say, fix your gaze. Number three, plan your path. And then last, remove evil. So keep your mouth. Um, you know, during this whole pandemic, one of the, one of the things that uh, has been very hard, both naturally for me and for everyone else, is, is managing our hearts because there's so much stuff that's like tossing us all over the place. Um, it's easy to get bitter. It's easy to get angry. It's easy to, to, to form enemies. And this scripture is more applicable now than it ever was before. How many of you have been struggling with anger more in these past two years than you have in the past. You don't have to raise your hand, but if you want to, it's fine. We're all, you know, in church, and that's where sinners go. So um, one of the things that you can tell if you have a heart problem is what comes out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You know, I automatically know a person has a very uh, miserable marriage if their spouses are always complaining about each other. I never, I never get around a couple that has a happy marriage and when they're behind each other's backs are complaining about the marriage. Neither do I find a very miserable marriage where the couples are talking good about their spouse. And so it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. When we're irritated, and a lot of the time we get irritated because we're thinking about the wrong things, right? So, like, it's super easy to think about the wrong things because a lot of times our spouses do the wrong things. Like, my wife, she could totally meditate on me leaving my socks all over the floor, uh, not putting the toilet seat down, uh, Put, not replacing the, the toilet paper when I'm done. Like, there's a lot of things that I do that could irritate and frustrate my wife. Um, there's a lot of things that my kids do that could irritate and frustrate me. One of the things I was telling, I was telling uh, some of the guys after church that one thing that my wife hates about me is that I eat till there's, like, two bites left of, like, the leftovers, and then I put the, the container back in the fridge. And then she goes, why do you always do this? 
And it makes perfect sense to me. It's like, I'm not hungry anymore. And she says, it's only two bites. And I'm like, yeah, but I just can't eat anymore. And she goes, then why don't you throw it away? Because that's wasting. Makes sense to me, but it irritates the heck out of my wife. And she could, like, think about that all the time until, like, you know, it just all comes out. And she's Filipino, so she could take a knife and kill me. But just joking, just joking. I'm not racist. I really am not racist. I love Filipinos. I married a Filipino. All my kids are half Filipino. I'm in trouble, yeah. yeah. I, I, one, time, one time when I was teaching, when I, one time when I was teaching, there was this, you know, I was saying different things. And then, and then one of these kids, she was a Filipino student. She goes, Mr., you're racist. And I said, I'm not racist. She goes, you always joke about Filipinos. I said, I married a Filipino. I love Filipinos. Without you, I wouldn't have any sugar. And then, <laughs> just joking. That was just a joke. I can't say, believe I'm saying this over the pulpit. Anyway, um, the things that we think about, the things that we think about come out of our mouths. And then what comes out of our mouths affect our heart. Right? Okay, so let's read this in James chapter 3, 2 through 4. 1, 2, 3. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, and wherever the pilot wants to go, or, and wherever the pilot wants to go, James three two through four. So, whatever we say, it it affects our hearts. It affects our emotions, and so it's really important that even though we're thinking about something, that we don't let it come out of our mouths. And if we do say something that we have an indication of what's in our hearts. And then it gives us opportunity to change our thoughts. Okay, so giving, giving an example of this, um, Pastor Eddie gave a really good example that he made dinner for the family. And all of us, you know, me, Joss, and my brother and everyone, we came like an hour and a half late. And so he, you know, made this nice meal and everything. And then when we got there, it was all cold and he was all mad and he was all frustrated. And I remember sitting down at the dinner table and like he's sitting on the other side and normally he's all like, you know, happy and everything. He's all, he's like, just, you know, you could tell he was mad. And then at the end, like, you know, so at the end, he, he texts the whole family and says, you know, I love you guys. And I, I was mad at you guys, but God dealt with my heart. And so he, he talked about that in a Sunday morning service where he said that in, you know, that morning he was upset with the family because we all came late. And then God said, aren't you lucky? Aren't you blessed that you even have a family to get mad at? And he's like, yeah. Thank you, God, that I have a family to get irritated at. And, and I started understanding that everything that we can complain about can be turned into a prayer of gratitude. Okay, think about what irritates you the most right now, just in your head. What irritates you the most? Now try turn it into a prayer of thanks. <laughs> See, you can do it. Everything that frustrates you, everything that frustrates you can be turned into a prayer of thanksgiving. This, this morning, I was like, oh, I'm so old. 
I have to wear these stupid glasses. And I caught myself and I was like, God, thank you that I have eyes that need glasses. Thank you for these glasses that I can see out of that make me feel old. But every single thing that we do that is a point of complaint can be easily turned into gratitude. And the power of gratitude is that it's one step from the presence of God. You know that? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So whenever we're frustrated, we're actually like one step away from the presence of God if we turn that frustration into gratitude. How many of you, your spouses just can irritate the heck out of you? Or your kids can just irritate the heck out of you? How many of you walk into the kitchen and you see all the cupboards open and you told all your kids, why can't you close the cupboard? What's so hard about closing the cupboard? And you could get all upset or you could say, God, thank you so much for giving me a kid that I can get mad at for leaving the cupboard open. You know? So keep your mouth. Everyone say, keep your mouth. And we keep our mouths by focusing on gratitude. Number two, fix your gaze. Uh, let's read the scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Um, let's read Matthew 6, 21 through 23. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, then how great is that darkness? What this scripture is talking about is our eyes can be used to focus on light or to focus on darkness, to focus on good or to focus on bad. It really depends on what we choose to put our focus on. One of the great stories in this is, is uh, the story of Noah. And after Noah had saved the planet, took his whole family in, saved his family from the flood, he came out and he was drunk and he was naked in his tent. And his son Ham came into the, the tent, saw him naked, and focused on his father's nakedness and then went out and told his brothers. His brothers, instead of focusing on that, and the weakness of his dad came in and they turned around and they, they walked backwards and then they put a sheet over their dad so they wouldn't see anything. Um, that, I think, is kind of normal. <laughs> Who wants to see their dad naked? It's kind of gross. Um, but but <laughs> um, if you fast forward a couple, so if you look at that scripture, Noah wakes up and he looks at his son Ham and he says, cursed be Canaan. Who was Canaan? That was Ham's son. What, and if you follow generations later, Ham's son Canaan formed the, moved and migrated uh, and formed the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, a, a place that was destroyed by God because of their perverse acts of uh, wickedness. And so what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah was a product of what Ham focused on. He focused on the nakedness of his dad, and he saw this drunk that was a pervert. But his other two sons walked in, and instead of focusing on weakness, they focused on their father's strength and hid the, the wickedness, 
wickedness or the weakness of their dad. And if you follow the genealogy of Japheth, it was Joshua, it was Moses, it was David, it was Solomon, it was Jesus. All of these deliverers were in the lineage of Japheth. And so what there, there was just one man, but one son focused on the weakness, the other son focused on the strength, and it actually had an impact on their legacy. And so this scripture, it talks about the way we protect our hearts is we set our gaze so that the light that's in our eyes is full of light. Because if we choose to focus on the junk, that light is full of darkness. And how great is that darkness? Does that make sense? And so one of the things, and I say this all the time, don't watch the news. The news is full of darkness. And it's going to continue to be full of darkness because human nature is, is gravitated toward gossip. That's the flesh. And so if you watch CNN... All they do is talk bad about the right. If you watch Fox, all they do is talk bad about the left. And all it is is bringing up junk. It's filling ourselves with darkness. Instead, focus on gratitude. Let's read Philippians 4.8. I don't think it's in your notes, but just repeat this after me. Whatever is true, say true. Noble. Right. Pure. Lovely. Admirable. Excellent and praiseworthy. Think on these things. That's what, that's what Philemon 4.8 says. Think on these things. True, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Do you see any of that on the news? So don't watch it. It's not good for our hearts. Guard our hearts by fixing our gaze, control what we look at. The next thing, number three, is to plan your path. Everyone say plan your path. So Proverbs 4.26, it says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways, Proverbs 4.26. Let's read Psalms 119.105 together. One, two, three. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. There's something about reading the Bible. As we were doing our soap challenge together, you don't understand what happens spiritually when you read this physical book. But it says that it's a lamp to our feet, our initial proximity, the things that are right in front of us, but it's also a light to our path. The long-term vision, the long-term assignment that God has for us is spoken to us and illuminated when we read his word. So when you read the word of God, something's happening where God begins working in your spirit to not only give you short-term vision, but also long-term vision. And it's different for every single person, and it's supernatural. And you might not understand how it's working, but this is a promise of God. And, and it happens for our kids too. If, if we get our kids to read scripture, God is not only going to illuminate and speak to them about their initial, but their long-term vision of what God has for them. Your, your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's also a light to my path. Let's read Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. 1, 2, 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. 
So plan your path. Give careful thought to the, pl- the path that's before you. Take time to read the word. And when you do that, trust in the Lord and he's going to direct your path. There's, there's, n- there's no mistake that we can make that's bigger than the hand of God to correct those mistakes. Um, give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Um, in 2019, I started doing this thing called a bullet journal, um, and it helps plan the path of your feet, or it, it helps to be intentional about what you feel God wants you to do. So my morning ritual used to be get up in the morning, read the scripture, but I wouldn't do any planning. And in 2019, I felt like God challenged me to be intentional about the paths of my feet. It's super easy. How many of you would agree that it's super easy to just get busy and just to do? Like you have your routine in the day, you get up and you just do it. But you don't think about long-term, like what God has for you long-term. And what this scripture says is that it's just as important to plan your long-term and let God speak to you about long-term as it is the initial situation in your life. And so every morning I would get to get, I would do my soap in the morning. And after doing my soap, I would say, okay, God, just speak to me. What do you want me to do? And then I would start bullet journaling and write down the different things that I felt God wanted me to accomplish. So, so you know, there's a calendar and you can look it up on YouTube. It's a huge community called bullet journaling. And uh, my kids are into it. After I I started bullet journaling in 2019. My sister got involved in it. My dad got involved in it. Uh, my kids are doing it now. Some of the guys in our staff have done it. Um, but it's a very clear and intentional uh, way to plan out your, your, um, your steps. And so um, at the end of 2019, uh, I there's different segments of my life. So I have my family, my finance, my personal life, um, and then my church life and what God has for the church. And so um, at the beginning of 2019, I wrote all these different goals down. And I just want to read some of the things from 2019. So um, at the end of 2019, I was, I, it was easy to just go back and look at the, the bullet journal. And for family, um, we went on a hike. Uh, got Joss to go part-time in her job. Uh, now she's, like, fully retired. Um, Flor- we did a Florida trip for the Every Nation World Conference. Uh, did a 20-year Bobby anniversary trip. Um, we took Caden and Alexis up to Washington to look for colleges. Uh, Alexis, this is, like, the biggest accomplishment of 2019. Alexis got her license because that was the most scary experience of my life, teaching that girl how to drive. Um, and then uh, finance, there was like different businesses that uh, I felt God wanted me to start, and I did that, and uh, God really blessed those things. Personal, can't, and this is like to the credit of Joss, but we hit our 20-year anniversary in 2019, so she put up with me for two, 20 years. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, you know, did stuff in school, finished my master's. Um, and then had this amazing experience with God at Wheaton uh, that I wrote down the details of. Uh, Grace Bible, um, we 
finished our first steps, the next steps class, and we're going to start those pretty uh, soon. So we're going to do a baptism. Um, that's going to be announced soon. So those of you that want to get baptized, uh, we're going to have a baptism. Um, but we did first steps, started our first steps, our next steps class. Um, Leilani and Chris jumped on staff with us. We completely paid off the mortgage for uh, the church. Um, and then ministry-wise, God formed uh, partnerships with us for Global Hope and um, uh, the Myanmar outpour um, thing with Raymond, uh, Feed My Sheep, OCC, Nakeki, Care Team, um, and a bunch of other uh, ministries that we partnered with during that year. And a lot of these things were spoken in the beginning of the year and then intentionally walked out throughout the year through um, through bullet journaling. So I just throw that out there if, if anybody wants to look into that. Um, and then the last thing, number four, remove your foot from evil. Everyone say, remove your foot from evil. So Proverbs 4.27, let's read the scripture together. One, so this is after you give careful thought to the path of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. It says, do not turn, everyone, let's read this together. Do not turn to the right or to the left and keep your foot from evil. And I, I thought it was interesting that after you do these things to protect your heart, the last thing is to keep your foot from evil. How many of you ever struggle with condemnation and with shame and with guilt? The, the, the Bible calls Satan the, the accuser of the brethren. Satan's job is to remind you of your weaknesses 24-7. That's what he does. And he wants you to focus on your shortcomings and your weaknesses and your failures. And, and God, on the other hand, he says, hey, I know you have these weaknesses. I know you have these failures. I know you have these problems. But keep your mouth, fix your gaze, plan your path. And if you do all those things, the last thing that you do is remove your foot from evil. Because if you are intentional about the, the good in your life, the bad stuff just falls off. Nature hates a vacuum. And you know what sin is? Sin is, the interpretation of sin is missing the mark. And so we're going to miss the mark all the time if we don't clearly define what the mark is in our lives. And so what Proverbs says, the best way to guard your heart is to, to protect what comes out of it. Protect, what comes, or protect your heart by keeping your mouth, fixing your gaze, what you're focusing on. Turn every negative thing into a thing that you can be grateful for. Plan your path. Let the word be a lamp unto your feet, a light to your path. And then when those things are set in place, then re remove your foot from evil. Amen? Is this good stuff? Why don't we all stand? I want to pray for us. And, um, and give us our benediction this morning, and, um, and then we'll have Kamali come up. Um, will, you, will you close your eyes and bow your heads this morning? God, we just thank you so much for your word. And God, I want to thank you for every single family that is here this morning and watching online. God, that you have a legacy and a plan and a purpose for every single one of our lives. 
Lord, that through our lives and, and living our lives in your ways, God, that we can be a light to those around us and even those that are struggling and those that are having a hard time and doing their best to walk out your path and your ways in their life. God, I just pray your grace and your peace would be in their hearts. God, in, in the areas of our weakness, Lord, you said that your strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. And that what you began, the work that you began in our lives, that you would be faithful to complete it. And God, I know that there's some that are struggling and maybe ha have come uh, to church or watching online that, that are frustrated with uh, themselves and, and frustrated with situations in life. But God, you are so much greater than every single circumstance and every single obstacle. And you're so much greater even than our own weaknesses. So God, we, we thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. And in the places where we fall short, God, you are, you are able to make a way. And so, Lord, I just pray for every single family as we jump into this SOAP challenge and uh, just a, a commitment to jump into your word. Lord, that it would be more than a discipline and more than a practice, but that your spirit would move in our hearts and lives and draw us to yourself. God, I pray for every single uh, one of our sons and daughters, every single one of our children, our spouses, God, that, that you would, uh, that you would, your presence would move in our hearts and lives during this month. And in, in the last service, I had this picture as I was praying for the families of, uh, of an altar being built. And there was a prophecy in the beginning of the year that said that, uh, that 2022 would be a year where the family altar is built. And I just want you to imagine in your mind every time that you get together and do a soap together as a family that you're taking a stone and you're placing it one on top of another, building an altar in your home. And, and last service, I, I had a picture as we as a collective church, as, as we build these altars stone by stone by every single day coming together and, and doing a soap that altars will be created in every home. These spiritual altars will be created in every home and that fire will fall from heaven and consume the sacrifice of that altar and your presence would abide in every single home. And God, I just pray, Lord, for every single family that's here, that as we take the steps to build that spiritual altar, the family altar of meeting you, Lord, that your spirit would fall in every single home, burn the junk, burn all the stuff out of our lives that... that that you don't want there, that we don't want there. But God, we pray that your spirit would move in a, in a significant way. Lord, that you would bless every single person, that they would be a blessing. Lord, that you would, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done in our families, in our communities, on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. amen. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Have a great week. God bless you. Oh, wait. Kamala is going to give us our announcements. Thank you. Uh